puck is dropped, and it's showtime from downtown Winnipeg. Oh, see the blast. Loose puck. Scores! Shankly wires it. Scores! What a stop by Hellebuck. Kyle Connor, Jets go bang, bang, bang. Welcome to Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. Welcome to episode 153 of Ground Control. I'm Jamie Thomas. Mitch and Paul will be back next week. Since it is I Love to Read Month in the province of Manitoba, Paul was wise enough to sit down with three members of the Jets who at one time in their lives were named Scholastic Player of the Year in their respective major junior leagues. The first of these interviews will be with Cole Perfetti. Now, Cole won the 2020 CHL Scholastic Player of the Year. He had combined success on the ice with success in school by setting a spirit Single-season scoring record of 111 points, including 37 goals and 74 assists over 61 games. He did that while achieving an overall academic average of 93%. Here's his conversation with Paul. Cole, in 2019-2020, prior to being drafted by the Winnipeg Jets in 2020, you were selected as the CHL's Scholastic Player of the Year. Just tell me a little bit about that award and how special it is for you since this is I Love to Read Month right across Manitoba. Yeah, that was a big deal. That was obviously a goal of mine. Um, you know, obviously I, I wanted to start with the you know Scholastic Player of the Month for the OHL and then maybe win the OHL pl- Scholastic Player of the Year and ended up going on to win the CHL Scholastic Player of the Year. So it was pretty special. Um, you know, academics has always been a big part of my life and a big part of my family's life. Like my parents kind of always harped on me to you know hockey is very important but so is school so is academics you got to make sure you're learning and um getting good grades and taking care of stuff uh in that aspect and um yeah it was uh i always you know growing up you dream of playing in the nhl but you know you never you always you know expect that that's not yeah i don't know how to put it like it's it's a dream but you know luckily my dream became a reality and um I always just took school very, very seriously and, and, you know, always wanted to make sure that if hockey was to not work out that I'd, you know, have a backup plan and, and you know, that my academics were going to let me down. And fortunately enough, I don't uh, have that problem right now. And, and I'm, you know, being able to live out my childhood dreams. So it's pretty uh, pretty special. But at the same time, you know, academics is, is a huge part of, of everyone's lives. Like, it's, it's so important to learn. And I think, you know, it's still... Um, I got to do a better job, job of it now, but I think I, you know, I've taken a couple courses after um, through the NHLPA and, and learning stuff like that. So I think it's really important, um, and uh, that was a huge honor for me and my family to, you know, be recognized. And you know, I put a lot of hard work and got a lot of help from the the, the teachers and stuff at at uh, Saginaw High there and and uh, or Heritage in, in Saginaw. Um, so it was great. It was a it was a great accomplishment. Interesting. It was your grade 12 year. I believe your GPA was 93% that year. And then also, did you not combine going to high school both in Whitby and in Saginaw over your time? So there was some there was some transition there over the course of grade 10, 11, 12, was there not? Yeah, yeah, there was. Um, obviously, when you take... Uh, so in grade 9 and 10, actually, we'll go back to there. I uh, went to the Hill Academy, a private, a private school in Vaughan. Um, that was for, you know, hockey and lacrosse, really big lacrosse program. They got the you know, top, one of the top lacrosse programs in North America. And, um, so I went there for hockey and, and, uh, it was awesome. Like not only for my athletics, but for my academics as well, learned so much smaller classrooms and you really get to, you know, learn and get one-on-one action with the teachers. So it was great. Um, and then obviously going to the OHL, went to 
the Saginaw spirit. Um, and we go to a, we went to a high school called Heritage High, and um, great high school. We had a great um, academic advisor, Pam Martuzo, who worked with the players and and um, worked with the team, and it was great. So um, learned lots there, and and she made it really easy to match up the the courses from from Saginaw to my home school in Whitby, and. Um, yeah, we, we ended up, you know, you, the season ends in April, May, um, and I had a, two months left of school before this, the school year was done. And both years I had, uh, you know, I took a couple online classes, took a couple uh, um, courses that I knew would uh, translate really easily and, and they would take the credits no problem. And there was, there was no issue, so it was, it was smooth sailing and um, really easy transition. Did you not, in that year as well, that you won the CHL Scholastic Player of the Year, take some university courses along the way? No, I, I didn't take university. Just university entrance? Yes. So yeah. I was taking, in Saginaw, we actually, um, it's called IB. So it's like, in, in at least in Ontario, I'm not sure about. International um, Baccalaureate? Yes. So it's, a, it's like, advanced placement is kind of like the highest in Ontario for AP. And um, so the IB is, I guess, a little step up in 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 Michigan high, high school. I, I'm not sure really how it worked, but I, I took a bunch of IB courses that I knew would translate to kind of AP classes back in Ontario. So, um, and ended up doing pretty good in them. So, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was important to make sure that I was taking, you know, advanced classes and, and making sure that, you know, I was um, pushing myself in the classroom as well. Okay, tell me a little bit about the balance of riding the bus, playing hockey, studying, all of what goes into whether you're playing in the Western League, the Q, or the O, as you did. Yeah, it was tough. I mean, obviously the courses that uh, that are, you know, with the teachers, you, you just, our academic advisor would obviously let them know that they're, they're gone, the players are gone for this for this long, and this is how much they're going to miss. And We'd either get it before before the road trip and, and have to do it along the, on, along the trip, or you know catch up with it afterwards and and um it was it was it was tough but at the same time the teachers in the in our academic advisor did a really good job with helping us keep up to date with the work and and learn and and make sure that you know if we were confused or had questions or anything that they were there to help us and um that we weren't just going to be like oh that's too bad they 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 really put a good effort into to help us and then the online courses were um they were hard like they were good i mean there was, there was times in, in my uh, rookie year when uh, I had a couple of online classes that where there was some due dates due um, on the bus and I had to download everything off my uh, off my phone and hotspot and then sitting there on the while everyone else was playing cards and stuff like that and playing video games on the bus I was uh, sitting there at the front on my computer typing out um, essays and stuff like that so glad that's kind of uh, those days are done but they were they were great and having that kind of management between um, academics and athletics, I think it goes a long way, you know, with uh, in, in life, not just, you know, how to stay on top of things, how to manage two important things and not, you know, let one slip. And even though we we're playing 68 games a year and, and uh, you know, lots of travel and, you know, you're a 16 year old kid, first time living away from home, things can kind of get away from you, but making sure that your academics is really staying on par is uh, was huge for me. And, and I think a really big part of learning how to manage uh, my life. Always a great chat with Cole Perfetti, who, by the way, is being reevaluated. He did not play against the New York Rangers on Monday night. Uh, he's got an upper body injury. Of course, we'll know a little bit more about that uh, as the Jets take on the New York Islanders on Wednesday as I record this podcast on a Tuesday afternoon. 
Going back 13 years, Adam Lowry won the WHL Scholastic Player of the Year as a 16-year-old with the Swift Current Broncos. Lowry had a 92.2% average at the Swift Current Comprehensive High School in 2010. Paul talked with Adam about that and the fact he is turning 30 this March. Shop where the players shop. Jetsgear and TrueNorthShop.com are your authentic team stores. Make sure to stock up on all your favorite Winnipeg Jets and Manitoba Moose merchandise today. Visit one of the five Jets gear locations or shop online at truenorthshop.com. Hi, this is Adam Lowry and you're listening to Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, it's it's amazing how fast kind of our careers have evolved and, you know, how long we've actually been here in, in the organization. Yeah. So real grateful, uh, you know, that we've had our health and we, we've been able to have successful careers up to this point. Okay, go back to the honor of winning the Scholastic Player of the Year. And you were 16 years old at the time. It was a first-year situation in Swift Current. And I can't imagine what that was like. So tell me, because we're going to dive into it a little bit, but was it an objective for you? Is it something that you wanted to do? Uh, how encouraged were you by your parents to, to both combine education and elite hockey when you were 16? Yeah, um, to be truthfully honest, I don't th- even... I don't even think I knew there was an award at the end of the year, you know, recognizing both your academics and your on-ice play. And um, But growing up, you know, hockey was obviously an important part of my life, but my parents made sure that the emphasis of school came first. So um, you always had to get your homework done. We always had to make sure we were keeping our grades up if we wanted to keep playing hockey or, you know, going to baseball or whatever other sport it was we were involved in. And, you know, I think that those lessons early on that were instilled upon us, you know, kind of carried over and, you know, it was all about managing your time at 16. You know, there, there's a lot of other things that are going on in your life. It's your first time away from home and, you know, you got to make sure you're staying on top of the important things, uh, you know, because there are a lot of distractions and um, fortunately I was able to kind of, you know, stay focused and uh, I had great billets that, you know, made sure I was uh, getting to school on time. I know it was, you know, a few times that I was cutting it close when I only lived 100 metres from the school. So, um, yeah, looking back, it was it was a great experience playing in Swift Current and you know, going to the Swift Current Comprehensive High. I look back and I, I think of some of the teachers and Tracy Martin, who was our, um, and Colleen McBain, they were our academic advisors at the time. And um, Tracy actually billeted uh, Paul Postma, so that's a name some Winnipeg Jets fans might remember. And um, yeah, she she did a real good job of making sure our schedules were balanced, so that we could get to practice on time, and making sure our course loads were full, that we were going to graduate on time, and things like that. As a journalist, reporter, radio guy, you never want to inject yourself into the story, but I can't help because I cut my teeth in Swift Current as well. And prior to you winning the Scholastic Player of the Year in the Western Hockey League, and Ashley Buckberger won it in 1992, and I was there. You know, I mean, it was just when I kind of read a little bit about your history and winning the award, it took me back to a place. And you know, let's talk a little bit about Swift Current and the infrastructure that was created there for you to have that opportunity to win that. You've touched on it slightly, but I mean, the Western Hockey League has come a very long way in, in a long period of time over the years to make sure that the academics and the elite hockey go simultaneously together. Yeah, um... You hit the nail on the head, and you know Colleen, and then Tracy uh, after Colleen. Um, 
they, they did such a good job of making sure that our, our schedules were, were managed in, in a way that you know, we could kind of maximize both the hockey product in Swift Current but also our academics to you know, make sure that uh, post-secondary education was an option. And, um, you know, I, I think I was fortunate with my dad coaching junior as I was growing up, uh, you know, kind of learning some of the lessons through what he had to deal with, you know, making sure guys weren't failing out of classes and making sure guys were showing up uh, to the classes they needed to show up. And, um, you know, Swift Current did a, did a great job, you know, making sure... He, you know, one, you were on time, and two, you were doing the work that was required of you, and not just the bare minimum, you know, really trying to excel. So, um, yeah, I, I was very fortunate. To, I went to a place that, you know, didn't just let your education slide because you're now kind of playing hockey on a, on a bigger stage. So um, looking back on it, I, you know, I, I'm really grateful for that. Not only, you know, did I graduate from high school, we were able to kind of start exploring some post-secondary education um even my first few years in the league i was still taking classes just wasn't sure if i was ever going to you know achieve a full degree but it was something that you know i wanted to at least chip away at for a bit and you know things have changed uh slightly i guess you know i read more as opposed to taking classes but um you know that stems back from kind of what i was taught not only in calgary you know going to west island college and Bishop O'Byrne, uh, but then at the Comprehensive High School in Swift Current as well. Must be a sense of pride still when you look back on it because the hard work that goes in. Talk about, I mean, how hard it can be when you're riding buses and trying to study and books are flopping around as the bus is banging around or guys are at the back of the bus playing cards and whooping it up and you're on your way on a West Coast swing or having to set aside a little bit of hotel time to do some homework as well. Just kind of take us back to those experiences and and how disciplined you had to be as a 16-year-old back then to do that. Yeah, you certainly have to make sure that it's a priority. Um, You know, sometimes... You know, as soon as you get the work, you want to get it out of the way so that, you know, when Thursday night comes or Friday night comes, you're not dealing with that. You're, you're worried about the game. So, um, yeah, sometimes it was tough. You'd get back 5, 6 in the morning from a long road trip and you'd have school at 8.30 the next day and you might have a test at, you know, second period. So, um, but yeah, I was fortunate. I was surrounded by you know, a good group of young guys, Reese Scarlett and Graham Craig. Um, <laughs> And, you know, we all did very well in, in class and, you know, kind of made a priority some days at lunch. We would get together and we'd do, do the schoolwork and you'd have distractions like David Riddick bouncing around and you kind of have to block out the noise. But uh, you make sure we, we got the work done so that, you know, when practice came or in the evenings, we, we could kind of get together with the guys and, and still be kids. So, um, yeah, it was tough. You'd miss weeks at a time sometimes. But... Our, our teachers did a great job getting us to work ahead of time so we could work ahead. And, you know, our coaches did a great job uh, making sure that it wasn't just hockey. You kind of had to balance that. And, um, you know, once again, you know, I'm thankful for being put in that situation, kind of being taught those lessons. And, you know, I, I think it even helps me today. Hey, Jets fans, I'm Sarah Orleski. Don't forget to join me after each and every home game for the Winnipeg Jets postgame show live presented by Budweiser, where you'll get exclusive interviews, in-room access, and more. Catch us on all Winnipeg Jets platforms, including Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and winnipegjets.com. Last and certainly not least is Josh Morrissey, who on Monday set a franchise record with his 57th and 58th points of the season, passing Dustin Bufflin, 
for the most points in a single season by a defenseman in franchise history. Now, Buff held that mark since the 2013-14 campaign. Morrissey won the CHL Scholastic Player of the Year award in 2013. He maintained a 92.4% average in his grade 12 year while playing with the Prince Albert Raiders. So just think, it was his draft year, and he wins this award. Morrissey discusses that and more with Paul. Draft year, so there's a lot of extra stuff going on, uh, interviews with teams, um, you know, kind of scouting stuff. And I played under 18, and, you know, you have the top prospects game, and you're already balancing the busy schedule of, uh, you know, that we have in Major Junior with PA Raiders. So, um, yeah, it was was a lot going on, to say the least, and a lot for a, you know, 17-year-old kid. But uh, at that time, just... Um, School was really important to me and my family, and um, tried to really focus on, um, you know, maximizing, you know, your time when you were on the bus or you had some downtime trying to get your work done, um, you know, so you could enjoy uh, off time with your buddies or whatever. So, you know, it was a busy year, and um, I wouldn't have, wouldn't have been able to get the Scholastic Award and, and you know do as well as I did in school if it wasn't for the encouragement from my parents. Uh, but also the educational coordinator in PA. Uh, her name's Geraldine, and she was uh, uh, just awesome. She was on us. She was kind of like a, a motherly figure in a way sure. to us uh, and just uh, made sure we were, were taken care of. And um, So she was awesome and, and big reason why I was able to do that. You know, it's interesting because all three of you guys I've talked to have mentioned that liaison between the school and the hockey team, the major junior hockey team. How important is that person to making sure that, you know, they're they're a bit of a den mom, if you will, and also at the same time, you know, making sure that you have what you need to go on the bus on a long road trip, making sure that you have that time set aside and, and just making sure if you need to talk, there's somebody to talk to. Yeah, I think in my particular case, she... Um you know, Geraldine had been involved in education her entire life, and uh, I believe at that time she was just retired, and um, so she had a real, uh, really uh, good knowledge and insight into the school and the different teachers and programs and everything else. So um, I think her background really helped. And then, as you said, you know, there's I think my first year and second year there was anywhere from you know seven to to 10 guys maybe a little more or less uh, in in school still or some guys even that were out of high school taking university courses so um, she was kind of balancing a lot of different things you know you're balancing we were in Saskatchewan so guys are coming from you know BC Alberta Manitoba the U.S. so coordinating that with their schools back home for you know graduation uh, points and stuff like that and credits and but I think what was great about her was she she laid the foundation for us, but she also didn't, you know, just do everything for us so we didn't have to have accountability on ourselves if we didn't take the initiative to go speak with the teachers or, you know, get our work done or, you know, we're late on assignments, you know, that was on us and we, you know, had to be accountable for that. But um, she would give you every opportunity to, uh, you know, be successful with it too and, and put yourself in the best position to, to do well. So she was awesome for us and, um, and you know, really a big reason why um you know I, like I said I, I was able to do well in school while there 
That year, you had a 92 grade point average, and you talked to me a little bit about this going into, well, us kind of setting this up about a month ago, and you said it was an objective. It was a goal of yours to try to be one of the best scholastic players in major junior hockey in Canada and the United States that particular year, your grade 12 years. So looking back, how much pride do you have on what you were able to accomplish back then in playing elite hockey, playing you know international hockey for Team Canada teams as well, and also winning the scholastic player of the year in the canadian hockey league yeah i take a lot of pride in it i think it's something that um you know when i look back at my career and accomplishments at various levels and you know junior and tournaments and um you know obviously throughout my nhl career uh it's definitely a unique um achievement and something that i think um you know obviously i've taken a ton of pride and hockey's always been my my dream to play in the nhl and hopefully one day win a Stanley Cup. But, uh, you know, uh, for me, it, it, it kind of makes me feel proud because it's a different, um, maybe not what I'm my best at or, or I am good at, but it's not sort of what I hang my hat on every day uh, and something that, uh, you know, hopefully down the line when I have kids, I'll be able to, you know, kind of tell them about that. And although I, you know, didn't go to university and went straight to pro hockey, um, you know, I'm proud of that achievement and, um you know, something that I'll, I'll always have in my back pocket. What were your favorite subjects, and do you still do a lot of reading now? Yeah, um, you know, still still read quite a bit. It's always something that I think I could do more of. Um, you know, the technology era for, for everyone. Um, you know, maybe I could spend a little less time on my phone or watching Netflix and a little more time reading. But, uh, you know, I like, I've always enjoyed reading um, things that I find you know, are educational or that I'm learning about finance or things like that that are sort of applicable in my own life. Um, so I spend some time reading those things or, or some stuff on leadership um, in regards to, to team sports and everything else. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think reading is super important and something that, um, you know, I think you, you it's relaxing too. It's nice for your for your mental health. I think you know spending time on the iPads and the phones and in front of computers. Um, you know, it, it's obviously part of our everyday life, certainly. But uh, if you can kind of disconnect from that a little bit and read a book or spend some time in that kind of space, I think it can be uh, really good for you too. So that'll do it. Episode 153 of Ground Control in the books. Jets will be home Friday to face the Colorado Avalanche to start a three-game homestand. Also, the Jets will host the second next-gen game at Canada Life Centre on Sunday, February 26th. It'll be a celebration of the next generation of hockey. And finally, on February 28th, the Jets will continue celebrating Black History Month with their Black History Game against the Los Angeles Kings. Tickets for both are available at NHL.com slash Jets slash Tickets. Talk to you next week, everybody. This has been Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. For more Jets news, videos, and more, head to winnipegjets.com.